everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode is In Broad Daylight. What's that? It's an episode. What's daylight? It's something that happens when the apocalypse is over and you're allowed to leave your house and you get to go see it. And it shines brightly on your face from the sky. Oh, will these black circles go away when I'm in daylight? Probably not because we're old. Oh, okay. That's just my face now. Yeah. Got it. (laughs) So this episode aired on March 6th, 2015, season 23, episode 24. We decided to do this episode because, you know what? Like Friday night's episode, it was brutal. And in this time of love and cholera and coronavirus, Mm -hmm. we need a good old-fashioned hit job murder, not a kidnapping in Mexico. But I will say this. Watch that episode. I'm going to give a recommendation. The episode is excellent. Really well done. Keith did a good job. And it's such a fascinating case. It's, oh my gosh. It was like watching Taken, the movie. It was crazy. Did Maggie Grace run really weird in it? No, nobody ran weird. Um, Google Maggie Grace running in Taken. I feel like you've mentioned this a couple of times. If they haven't done it by now, they're not going to do it. Maybe it's our new listeners. Maybe it's new listeners. Oh, new listeners. It's the first time I've mentioned it. Google on YouTube. Maggie Grace running. Maggie Grace running. And you'll see the funniest montage of her running in the Taken movies. It's adorable. I'm going to watch it one day. I'll send it to you today and you will watch it. What else are you doing with your time? Stuck in the house. Would you like me to show you my box of glitter? Here. So, no, we don't have time for that. So, no, I don't like that at all. <laughs> I don't like glitter. It gets in your eye and it hurts. Um, yeah, sure so does. Keith um, hosts this episode. Arlene King is leaning in to his Keith persona tonight. He's bringing it all, the phraseology, the emotional connection. Uh, yeah, it's it's turned up to... To an 11 in this episode. His vernacular is just off the charts. I couldn't even write them all down. No, it's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, It's like in 2015, he knew that in 2020, we would need these phrases. Yeah. And now we have them and they're part of our world. Yes. Um, So we are in the early 2000s. That's where this episode takes place. The early Mm -hmm. aughts. Long Beach, the LBC. Represent the LBC. E. Me and the we we go for no? no okay. I I can't say how I feel about that song because I'm gonna get hate mail. You don't like Sublime? I mm. can't stand Sublime. I went through a huge Sublime phase in college. So did Oliver. And I um I feel like it makes me a really bad Californian that I don't like Sublime and have never liked Sublime. Like it's an immediate radio station switch for me mm-hmm. if Sublime comes on. And I feel really I don't know why. I'm sorry. Oh. You should be because he's dead. And that's not my fault. I didn't do it. I didn't put out a hit on him. <laughs> no. So uh, <laughs> the LBC, Long Beach, is yeah. a city that may have been cheated in the city pride department, is what Keith says. So I'm pretty sure we can mark Dateline Dis's hometown on our bingo cards. What does that mean, though, exactly? That they just, they're not proud to be from Long Beach? Yeah, and that's not right. And I think they are proud to be from Long Beach. I don't know if I've met any native Long Beachers that, like, grew up there. I mean, we meet one in this episode. 
But he also calls it a brawny city. What's a brawny city? A brawny city is what he says. What is it's that? It's tough and rugged. Like the brawny man? And it cleans up spills? Yeah, it cleans up its own messes. It's absorbent. It's, yeah. It absorbs the cultures. Okay, it's good. Uh, so, but in within LBC is Bixby Knolls, which is an area filled with Leave It to Beaver style homes. It is safe and affluent. And there's a reporter, Tracy, who is racing to a scene in Bixby Knolls. There is also a random interviewee named Rachel. Who shall be known as Ms. Bixby Knowles. Because if there was a pageant for Bixby Knowles, she would be the winner. She is the Bixby Knowles representative. They chose well. She's lovely. Mm-hmm. She's very pretty um, with like a sheet of hair. If you live in Pawnee and then you meet someone from um, what's the other town? Not Atherton. Um, oh, it's going to drive me nuts. Don't do that to me. What? Um, Annandale. Um, oh, my gosh. Oh, my brain is on fire. What? <laughs> what? Hold on. I just rewatched the whole thing like a couple months ago. Um, <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to see if you get it. No, I have to look it up. Antagonist City. What do we look up? Antag- it's, it's Eagleton. That's it. Oh, my God. Annandale. What's wrong with me? I don't have any friends. Okay. Isn't like that where Arendale or something? Isn't that where they is Frozen takes place? Something oh, like is that, that Frozen? That's not Lord of the Rings? We got to stop talking. We're get, Any new listeners that we had at the beginning that they're you gone. were telling about the running, they're gone now. Bye. Thank you for listening. We tried. Okay. So uh, this Rachel walks down the street. She's from Bixby Knowles, and she tells us that it was very safe and also, I don't know why she's on Dateline. Did they just find her on the street? I think they just found her on the street. She's dressed like she's going shopping or like to the, she's dressed very cute and her hair is perfectly combed to one side. And yeah. she's like, oh, hi, Dateline. Yes, yes, it's a very safe town. We always, I played outside with my friends growing up, like in mm-hmm. other, t- every other town. Um, and... So I was like, you better know the family. If you don't know the family, then why are why are you here? Turns I'm out she, you, she doesn't know the family. They found her on the street or she won a pageant, Miss Bigsby Knowles. Maybe one of the prizes of the pageant was you get to be on Dateline if there's ever a murder in your town. And then she created the murder. She's the alternative suspect oh, so see. that she could be on Dateline. Also, is there are we thinking about this all wrong? Is her name Bigsby Knowles? Because she looks like her name could be Big Spinalls. No, it's Rachel, but yes, it totally could be. Okay, we didn't miss here. Okay, Big Spinalls also sounds like a prep school. I, I mean, on the East Coast, right? Oh, we're sending um, Amber to Big Spinalls next year. <laughs> She's going on a dressage scholarship. So uh, the reporter shows up to the house and sees a bank of black and whites, which is reporter oh. speak for a lot of cop cars. Oh, okay. uh, I liked it. Um, a neighbor had called 911 because he saw a prowler sneaking into the Shockner's backyard. He mm. said there's a break in. He'd seen a prowler. But people are on Twitter were obsessed with the word prowler. They're like, who uses the word prowler? Is that an old fashioned word? They thought it should be burglar. And then they then there was some debate on if there was a difference between a prowler and a burglar. Was there a debate on if there was a car called the prowler? The Ford Prowler? Yeah, some people brought that up as well. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Also, why is someone breaking in in broad daylight? Hey, that's the title. It doesn't seem very smart. Your neighbor will see you. What's... 
And if there was ever a neighborhood that has neighborhood watch in full effect, it's a neighborhood called Bixby Knowles. Y'all. Yeah. So the cops come and they go to the door of the Shockner's house and they see in the window a little white dog. And Keith says one of those yap, yap, yap dogs. And I was like, <laughs> hey, Keith, buddy, you're my friend. Don't do that to me because I have an affinity. My beloved dog who passed Gryffindor was a white little dog who had a high yap, but he was wonderful. And so Keith did not know Gryffindor in Keith's defense, but looking at Keith, I would imagine if Keith had a dog, it would be a me- definitely a medium to large sized dog. See, I disagree. I can totally see him with a little white dog, a little oh. white dog to match his shock of white hair. I feel like you're looking, I feel like a Springer Spaniel is more. Oh yeah, I can see that too. Can you see that? Okay. Yeah, I can see that too. Um, so a little woman, frail woman answers mm-hmm. the door and she seems very confused why the cops are there. And they say, mm-hmm. well, the neighbor saw a prowler going into your backyard. Can, um, we go check it out? And she says, okay, let me go and get a key for the back gate. So she closes the door and goes inside the house, which is very strange. The cops wait outside. Yeah. And at this moment or a moment later, a guy jumps over the backyard wall and crashes into another set of cops that are back there behind the alley. Mm -hmm. They search him and they find a taser and some bro looking wraparound sunglasses and a bloody knife. Meanwhile, the cops out front are still waiting for the woman to come back. They're like, ma'am, ma'am. She doesn't show up. And the dog is still barking. So they Mm -hmm. go in. And when they go in, they find her with her throat slit. My God. As Keith says, quite dead. Keith, Keith. He's doing good. He's (laughs) off to like a raucous start. She's quite dead as opposed to partially Dead, somewhat dead. She's quite dead. Just, yeah, just quite. Qu- yeah, she's quite. So she was attacked with the cops at her front door. My God. And behind her house. She had just spoken to the cops. And she, <sighs> and Keith is blown away by this. And he says, just extraordinary, which it really is. It really is. It really it, is. Just it extraordinary. It sounds made up. No, it does. And it reminds me of one of those horror movies where someone's being murdered and like their parents are walking up outside and they're like, oh, my God, just get there and you can stop this all. And then it happens or like Wes Craven always did it in the Scream movies where someone's like screaming from inside the house and out the window, but someone can't see them. And then they're like laughing in the driveway. Somebody drops the keys. Yes. Oh, wait, I forgot my purse in the car. Hold on a second. Yes. And then it's like the cut back into the house. Yes. Mom, mom. Yes. It's terrible. So um, the woman that was killed is Lynn Schockner. And the only witness to the crime inside the house was her dog, Zoe, who is found by her body. I'm ready to die right now with her white fur covered in red blood. Can't. No, thank you. Her son, Charlie, was 14. He's called to the principal's office. He thinks he's in trouble. He's adorable, by the way. He um, is just a winner of winners. Handsome young man. Yeah. And his dad, Manfred, or Fred, as he's known. What? Manfred. Do you know, Have you never heard that name before? No, I have not. Oh, are you serious? No, that's a real name. Manfred. Oh, yes. Manfred. Manfred. Fred. Manfred. Yeah, it's spelled... M-A-N-F-R-E-D. 
Manfred. Manfred. Mm-hmm. Manfred Mann. You've never heard of them? No. That's a group. Okay. Uh, so he picks Charlie up from school and he's crying and devastated. Um, we find out that Lynn grew up in Ohio. She had been married and divorced uh, when she went to a Dodgers game one day. A Dodgers game against who, Keith? Well, somebody. Who knows? He's so whimsical. What's he doing? He is. He could have. He didn't have to say that. She went to a Dodgers game. Yeah. Period. Stop. No. Against somebody. Who knows? Not Keith. Just these things. Je ne sais quoi. Who, yes. kn- who knows who was playing? Um, some this, game of ball. Who this, knows? This picky any game of ball <laughs> was played this gorgeous afternoon when fate would have its way. <laughs> so uh, she met Fred. He was 14 years older than her and not that good looking. You were expecting him to be good looking? A little bit, but Why? he wasn't. He's just a guy. Uh, yeah. Oh, because um, Charlie's so good looking. Yeah. And Lynn well. seemed very pretty. Let's just say that both Lynn and Fred embraced the 70s and 80s with all of their hearts and all of their hairs. Um, Good. Lynn has Bob Ross hair and the rose-colored glasses and the Bill Cosby sweaters. Yeah. And uh, Fred has the giant collared shirts and the leisure suits. Um, They they dove in headfirst. Sure into did. the trends, and I'm I loved it. Good. Uh, so they are married on a boat, and the captain married them. And I was like, oh, like Jim and Pam, this story is going to be great. The only problems are going to be that cameraman who flirted with Pam in the last season. But no, that everyone hated. Oh, that was the worst plot line. Yeah, so it really was. The detective, oh, Keith says, the detective that we meet, poked around the entrails of the crime. Mm. Keith, what are you talking about? Mm. Where are you getting these words from? Um, It's like sometimes I think he just flips through a dictionary and just picks words and then matches them together. Like he has a column of A and column of B, and then he just, he picks, and then he makes sentences out of them. I don't think he needs the dictionary. I think the dictionary is in his head. I yeah, think he rifles through. I think that's what the finger's doing on the side of his head is it's rifling through mm. the pages of words in his mind. That's a great point. The detective knew something didn't seem right. Mm-hmm. It was a smell, Katie. Something I, that yeah. sticks in your nose. Something off. Keith, keep them coming. I wrote that down. This is the content we deserve in this time of horror. Yeah, yeah. it was... It was priceless. That was a wonderful next turn time. Of some next time I have to blow my nose, which will probably be in about ten minutes because mm-hmm. my allergies are on high alert. I will say something. A smell, a smell of something off was stuck in my nose. <laughs> so Keith interviews a former undercover cop who will mm-hmm. later become involved in the crime, and his his name is Chris Nelson, and mm-hmm. he has tattoos. He is sitting with Keith in a very nice looking restaurant Mm -hmm. and about the cops that were at Lynn's front door. He says they effed up. Yeah, he does. Dateline has to bleep him. Yep. He says they effed up. He says it to Keith sitting in a restaurant with linen tablecloths. Yeah. I loved it. That guy. He's great. He is a character. We don't often get people like him. Yeah. Not a tablecloth like that with Keith with the the napkins are all folded all nice and they're sitting at a table. I don't know why whose restaurant that is. Is that the Chinese restaurant that comes into play later? I feel like that's his restaurant. I feel like they said he's now retired and I'm assuming that he 
re- retired and now, you know, well, he's putting all his time into his business, which is He his should restaurant. be mad that they didn't plug it then. They did in a way. We don't know the name of it. How can we go there? I think it's more like they had a location to film. He's not interested in the plugging. He's not that guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> he doesn't we, care so much. We can tell just from the tattoos. They yeah. bespeak a casualness. And, yeah. and, and What's his name? Chris uh, Nelson. Okay. So um, he says that the cops should have never let her go inside or at the very least gone with her. Like common sense things, really. But that's, Do you think that? Yeah, I do. Do you hmm. not think that? I sort of could see it either way. I think it would depend on the day. First of all, it is broad daylight. Right. To steal a phrase. Um, I think And that, a nice neighborhood where there's not crime usually. Right. So I think it's more like, yes, yeah, okay, go get the key. We'll check it out. Because they just got a call from a neighbor. The woman inside doesn't seem scared at all. So, I mean, I think if she had been like, you know, yeah, there's someone here. Of course they would have. They would have, you know, pulled their weapons or whatever. But it's just, it wasn't like that. I think they, I think they thought they had it covered. Yeah. I don't it's think- one of those things in hindsight, you think how easy it just would have been for one of them to go with her. And then this whole thing wouldn't have happened, you know? Right. right. So yeah. the cops waited enough time. They waited like a full minute. And that was enough time for this guy to you know, be caught by Lynn in the act of going through uh, drawers and pulling out jewelry. And then he stabbed her and he grabbed some jewelry and he left. The The cops think it's weird because prowlers don't usually bring knives. And the prowler's yeah. name is Nick Harvey. He was 22 years old, no criminal background. He looks mm. like a better looking Vin Diesel in his mugshot. People online were pretty impressed by him, I have to say. That's not of, right. A lot of hearts fluttering for Nick. That's not right. He's kind of good looking. Well, he is, but he's for also a murderer. A murderer. Um, it's his first time offense. Um, no, he's huge. he gets no passes. He's he's huge. He's super buff. Uh, yeah. We'll find out more on that why later. Yeah. Um, he stole, uh, or you know, he's sorry, he's very nice to the cops. He even tells them he wants, once wanted to be a cop. We find out later that's that that's weird. not even close to true because we find out who his childhood hero was at the very end. Right. Uh, Nick lived 70 miles away, so they think that that's weird. Why would he travel so far to right. kill someone? From another beach neighborhood, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would he travel from one beach neighborhood to another just to burgle? Um, right. I love saying burgle. Yeah, it sounds funny when you say it. And, but I it love does it. make me think of the Hamburglar every time. Yeah. Rebel, <laughs> rebel. Is that what he says? Rebel, rebel? I don't remember him talking. Um, his, he's, you're probably right. He stole Lynn's <laughs> fake jewelry and left the real stuff there. So mm. the cops think that that's weird or maybe Nick is not that bright and his neck is bigger than his brain. Um, well, also his neck is huge. It's like a poorly rolled up yoga mat. It's giant. Yeah. It's like yeah. a thigh. Detectives think something isn't adding up. And as we go to commercial, we start hearing about this letter. Lynn's brother says he wrote this letter and he gave it to somebody. We don't know. And Keith says to us, the audience, what's that all about? I don't know. I was like, we don't know, Keith. You haven't told us yet. Are you going to tell us? Silly. Then this is where they finally get a break. 
Sky calls the police and says he was hired by Nick to drive him down to Long Beach. But here's the weird thing about this. He was hired to drive Nick in Nick's car, like a chauffeur situation. I don't understand. Who hires someone to drive themselves, but using their car? What was he doing in the back seat? Like, right, like emails? his hands were busy. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he, well, he says he's an enforcer for local drug dealers. And I guess this driver was like, okay, that checks out. I'm fine. That's why you need me to drive your car so I can be your getaway driver. Why okay. is he calling the police? Why is the driver calling? Also, did he just drop him off and take off? I feel like he was waiting and saw the police come and then bolted. And then a few days later called them. To say what? See my I'm point? Like, the, why? Because he wanted to do the right thing, I think. I drove that guy there. Okay. Still seems a little... All right. Well, you're saying it's dumb to call or it's... No, I just don't understand why he called. Well, you know you're driving a drug dealer. I assume you're not super on the up and up or you wouldn't have driven a drug dealer somewhere. A drug then, dealer enforcer, Katie. So, oh, excuse me. To make... What is that, an enforcer? Making sure that the drug deals go down? That they no, happen? beating up people who haven't paid or killing them. Okay, so this guy's... What I'm saying is holds. He's obviously not on the up and up. So why is he like now trying to be like, I'm doing the right thing by calling the cops? I, it's unclear. His conscience okay. got to him. So okay. they so they arrest the driver. So it doesn't pay to do the right thing, I guess. No. And uh, they think his story doesn't make any sense. They don't think an enforcer would be going to suburbia to a rich housewife's home. Correct. So it turns out that Manfred was very well to do. <laughs> he worked in the aerospace industry. He uh, had a good job. <laughs> my dad was in the aerospace industry. He reminds me of my dad. This that whole is thing's really weird. Funny. I was just going to say. <laughs> it's hmm. weird. Uh, so Lynn's brother from Ohio does not like his sister's husband. He yeah. thought he was cheap and opinionated and rude. And when they he would brag about how much money he made. And then when they would go out to dinner, somehow the brother would always end up having to pay. That's the worst kind of person. The worst. Yeah. So one day, Lynn's brother, his name is Mark, he writes a letter to Fred. And I don't know what the point of the letter was. Like, was it really to tell Fred exactly what he thought? Or was it more to have Lynn maybe read the letter and see that this is what people think of her husband? Or was it just to get it off his chest? Usually you write that kind of letter and you don't want it to actually be sent. You just kind of want to get things off your chest. But he gives the letter to Lynn and he says, give it to Fred. But he's not sure she's actually going to. But He she says, give it to him. I dare you. He dares her. He double dog dares her to do it. Mm -hmm. hmm. And she does it. And what we when we find out later more about Fred, it's really shocking that she gave him the letter. I can't believe she gave him the letter, especially when we learn more about their relationship. She's a brave woman. Yeah, but she gives him the letter. And then Lynn eventually decides to, she agrees with the letter, I guess. And she um, moves out of the house. She decides to leave Fred. I'm sorry, yeah. she he moves out of the house. She decides to leave him. Right. And then she's murdered. And Mark thinks, could it be Fred? No, no, it couldn't be Fred. Because even though I think all these horrible things about him, there's no way. He pushes that out of his mind. Mm -hmm. And at the funeral, Mark and Fred mm -hmm. hug at the funeral. And Fred asks him, do you still think those things about me that you wrote in the letter? Like, that's not, 
not the time for that, Fred. Um, and Mark says, no, that's all water under the bridge now. We're family. It doesn't, doesn't matter. It does not say that. What do you mean? He says, he says water over the bridge. Oh, he does. Sorry. He does say water over the bridge. And I was really glad. And you know what? It must have taken a lot of restraint for Keith not to correct him on that. Keith lets him to go. Doesn't stop him and say water, water over a bridge is a flooding situation that is dangerous. An al- alarm. SOS. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was sort of like, Mark, you can still be an a-hole even if you're a widower. Like, it's okay to still think that this guy's a jerk. I I think that it was the right attitude to have at the funeral, for sure. Even if he doesn't really think it in his heart. Right. At least for yeah. Charlie, it's a it's the right thing to do for the Absolutely. son. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Fred moves back into the house to raise Charlie. Mm. And then we get to see the blonde neighbor again, Miss Bixby Knowles, Rachel. And Mm -hmm. she says that people were very scared. They thought maybe there was more killers that are out there. They don't know what's happening. And we really don't need this girl. She's the definition of an extraneous interview. You can definitely mark random interviewee that we only meet once or twice off your bingo cards. Um, But she did have amazing hair. And she won the title. She won that title with that glorious mane. And since Nick and um, who we will later meet, El Cubano, do not have a lot of hair betwixt them, I am going to use her as the lead into our pros at. So thank you, Rachel. You have brought some purpose to your appearance on Dateline. Also, I bet she uses pros. I wouldn't be surprised. Her hair is gorgeous. Everyone's hair is completely different. And most hair companies only make products for maybe like three different kinds of hair. Straight, fine, curly. (laughs) That's pretty much it. But my hair is special and pros gets that. So what you do is you take an online consultation, which is basically a fun quiz. And it's about the texture of your hair, your eating habits, how much exercise you get, and all the things that affect your hair. Like maybe you have a lot of stress because you thought you lived in a safe neighborhood and then the police let a lady get murdered five feet from them. And maybe your neighborhood has a lot more pollution in it because of the increased police presence. Those things will affect your hair. Mm-hmm. Pros's algorithm has over 50 billion formula combinations. Wow. Which is, yeah. And their products are made to order just for you. I just love my pros products. My hair feels smoother and shinier since I've been using it. Katie, do you love your pros? I adore it. And I'm getting stressed because I'm running close to the end of my shampoo. And I love it. It's so perfect. It has that right amount of lather. That like I feel like it's getting clean, but I have obviously bleached white hair and it doesn't strip my hair. It's the best. Mm-hmm. Pros is also sustainably sourced and cruelty-free, which we love. Yay. They can even accommodate vegan and gluten-free if you are one of those things, which is fantastic. Awesome. And also, if you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they take the products back, no questions asked. Amazing. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Get a free consultation and 20% off your first order today by going, I know, to pros.com forward slash date dateline. That's pros.com forward slash date dateline for a free consultation and 20% off. So go ahead and strike a pros. Strike a pros. 
pros, 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 pros. Thank you, pros. Thank you, pros. So the detective tells Keith that everyone in the town is mad at them. <laughs> uh, no, duh, sir. Did you hear what actually happened? Um, Everybody's mad at me. Yeah. The local reporter tells Keith that one of the officers felt so badly about what happened that he had a nervous breakdown. Oh, God. Yeah. I didn't want that. I didn't want that. I was mad at them, but I didn't want it to go that far. I'm not that mad at them. I wasn't that mad, dude. I mean, I was pretty mad. Like, I wanted him to maybe develop, like, like a like a thing, like an addiction to biting his nails or something. Like oh, that's like how- maybe get a wild bout of athlete's foot. Yes. I don't so, know. Like a stubborn rash that just I won't go like away. I feel like also they've got to be punishing themselves, right? They've got to be just like, ugh. This so, is our one job is to protect people. And we were right there. Right there. You know that they're, that would be hard. That would be a hard thing to live with because somebody didn't just get hurt. Someone died. Someone died. And now the community is railing against them. The press, it keeps writing awful articles about them. Of course. So yeah, yeah. they feel bad enough. So yeah. the detectives release the driver because they don't think he knew anything. And they tap his phone just to make sure he's not talking to anyone else that seemed to have anything to do with this. They really don't think he was in on it. The only thing he's guilty of is agreeing to drive someone in someone else's car, which is a giant red flag to me, but not a crime at all. So I though it shouldn't be a crime to drive an enforcer on his way to enforce whatever. Um, I feel like it's a gray area, I guess. No, I feel like, yeah, that's weird. It's weird. So Nick, meanwhile, turns out Nick is so huge because he's on steroids. There we go. And he loves to pose for photos shirtless to show off his roided muscles. Correct. We get several photos. Yeah. Um, He has some questionable tattoos in languages that I guarantee you he cannot read. I hope he pissed off the tattoo artist and he was like, I'm going to make it say I'm a roided up D-bag. It's in Japanese. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So Nick's phone records show that he talked to someone right before the murder. His name is Frank Jaramilla. And Keith repeats this in the funniest way, like he knows who this is in a way that it's like not the Frank Jaramilla. He goes, he goes, Frank Jaramilla? Like, do you know who that is, Keith? That's funny. I totally missed that, does he? He he does the same thing with Bixby Knowles, and he does the same thing with that other town, Port Waimea, which I've never heard of, but apparently Keith had, because Keith is like, Port Waimea? He's just really engaged, and he likes to repeat things a lot in this episode. And Keith is a Los Angelian. He's an Orange County. He's an Orange Countyan. So so he knows these places, Exactly. Yeah. So Frank Jaramilla is known also as... El Cubano, which well, is... what's that? It's the name of a sandwich. Um, yes, it is. He knew Nick from the gym, but the best part about El Cubano is that we get to hear Keith's accent when he says El Cubano. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. It's so good. So they interrogate Nick again, and they try to get to the truth of the matter. He's still saying it was just a burglary, and she caught me, and so I killed her. I didn't mean to, but it just happened. Then he's changed the story and said, actually, I was hired to burgle the house. 
And the fee was $2,500 and whatever I could steal. So the cops keep pushing him. And finally, they get to him. And he he seems to really love these cops. He goes, you guys are good. You got me. Okay, well done. <laughs> he is just not smart. No, he's not. And he's just not. He admits that El Cubano hired him to kill Lynn for $5,000. Okay. That has to be one of the lowest we've ever seen. And this is Los Angeles. This is Bixby Knowles. Rates should be higher. Rates and should be times 10 of that. that El is Cubano ridiculous. must be Spanish for the cheap Cuban because that is not mm-hmm. a lot of money. Also, Nick, you could have asked for more. Why did you not ask for more? Nick we, doesn't know. Nick, Nick doesn't is a dummy. Know. Nick's a dum-dum. He's We're, a big roided dum-dum. <laughs> so Nick and El Cubano had met at an, an El Torito. No, come on. You can't make this up. That was... El Cubano and El Torito um, talking about El Hitman. Oh, and... So he gave him the 2500 and said, I'll give you the rest after. And he was supposed to make it look like a burglary. Now, which one of these dumb A's was it to have it be in broad daylight? Unsure. I don't think that that was the plan at all. I think the well, I think the plan was definitely to do it with the when the Charlie was at school. So it would have had to have been in daylight. Um, but I don't know why dad couldn't have just taken Charlie away the weekend. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm. That's a good point. So then we find out, you remember how he said Nick was dumb? Nick spent no. his money at a store called the Couch Potato. I know that store. It, it sells futons and sofa beds. Yeah. Is that what you bought there? No, I've just seen it. I've never oh, been you've just seen it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just could not with the Couch Potato. Nick. You bought a bedroom set. He's, he, he's smart. Now, they get El Cubano's phone records. And guess who he was talking to? If you've ever seen Dateline, you're you not know. shocked to find out that he was also talking to the husband, Manfred. Manfred. This trio of dum-dums could have used our burner phone multi-packs. And yeah. they wouldn't have gotten caught. Yeah. It is a brilliant idea when we came up with it, and it's still a brilliant idea now. The police don't want Fred to know that they're on to him. So they don't tell the family, but that means that they are having Charlie still living at home with the dad. Yeah, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's kind of weird. It makes me uncomfortable. Yes. Um. They even go so far as to tell Charlie, your dad didn't have anything to do with this because Charlie asked them. He asked them point blank. Did so, my dad have something to do with this? That's rough. And they, they lie say? right to his face. No, yeah. go on home with him. He's fine. Uh, so, I think they have to. I don't know. I don't know if they've got a choice on that. They're just trying to play it so cool so that Fred won't know so that he'll make a mistake. Right. Nick even tells them, I know who El Cubano was hired by to hire me. It was Mm -hmm. the husband. So Keith says to the detective, when Nick tells you this, you can't just go and arrest the other two guys. And the detective says, we wish (laughs) Keith, 
He didn't say Keith. In but a it perfect was, world. He implied Keith. Yes. Uh, we wish. Uh, so they need proof, especially yeah. because they're being beaten up by the press. So they can't have a conviction that gets thrown out or they can't end up losing in court because their evidence wasn't good enough. So, But then the press is also watching them from the perspective of why isn't like this going to try, like, why isn't this process speeded up? So they've kind of, they're over a barrel in both cases. It's bad. So they find Fred's business card in Nick's wallet, which I found very weird. Why did El Cubano give Nick the business card? Like, this is the guy whose wife you're going to kill? I don't know. I feel like El Cubano is not, is a dumb-dumb. That's a paper trail. None of these guys think they're going to get caught. None of them. Not one of them. He's like, here, Nick, this is the guy. You're going to kill his wife. Keep this for your scrapbook. Yeah, this, hold on uh, to this. Yeah. Um. So they keep talking to Fred, but innocently. So I guess they're doing this thing that Keith knows from Columbo, which I did not, where it's like, one more question, sir. So they keep calling him and pretending they just have these innocent questions just to right. keep him talking, keeping him involved in the case. Right. And so they ask him if he knows anyone in the Port Wynema. 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 Yep, there we go. Why you me? <laughs> so. Keith is like, why need me? He knew it. He, I could tell that he knew it. And he You said, knew me? <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. That's it. Thank I'm, you. That's good. You're welcome. <laughs> so they ask Fred, the husband, do you know anyone in the Port Wynimi? Is that right? Uh, yeah. Wynimi area. Yep. And he says, why, yes, I do. I know a why guy yes, named- me. Why, I know a guy named Frank Jaramillo- El Cubano. Mm -hmm. And that's not right because Frank Jaramillo, El Cubano, actually lives in like Thousand Oaks. And it's Nick who lives in Port Wainimi. So he made a bit of a mistake there. But Uh um, he says, I know this guy, Frank. I bought a car from him, a used BMW for $25,000. And Frank was going to deliver the car when he came back from a business trip to New Delhi. Now, El Cubano is not going on a business trip to New Delhi. El Cubano does not really even have a job. Yeah, does he have a job? No. He occasionally worked at a gym, they said. Uh, oh, he didn't own the gym? No, I don't think so. He was so. just hanging around like the I parking think, lot? I think so. Um, oh, boy. So El Cubano not going to New Delhi. I don't know where he got that story from. El Cubano might be served in a Cuban-style deli, but yeah. <laughs> whoa. Um, there we go. She's good. Whoa. She's on fire. Um, that's not the expression. I was trying to be like, oh. You were trying to do hey hey That's what, what I was happened? trying to do. I knew you, what you were trying to do. You were just making sounds. It's okay. A sound was effective. It just wasn't the right sound. hey So Fred also tells the cops because he like really likes chatting. He's one of these guys that likes to talk about himself. So so the cops keep getting him to talk. And he says that he lent Frank El Cubano more than $100,000 because apparently... Are they friends? Yes, they became buds, which is later evidenced by the amount of times El Cubano calls him bud and old man. We'll get to that. So apparently El Cubano had a fetish for watches and living the high life and... He did not have the money to support this lifestyle. So he kept borrowing money from Fred. Now, Fred has this $100,000 to hold over Frank 
to say, well, if you kill Lynn, then the money that you owe me is waived. So now we it's a hundred thousand dollars is much more reasonable for a hitman fee, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Then five? Yeah, exactly. So the police are taping his phone. And when Fred calls the police one day, he's so freaking jovial. He's like, hello, officer. Hello. Do to do. Um, he says, well, I have some answers to the questions you had for me. I paid him for the BMW with a check and uh, he cashed it on this date, whatever. And then we see on the check in the notes section of the check for the 25000 it says delivery and it says the dates that Lynn, the date that Lynn was killed. Oh my so God. it was like he's pretending the car was being delivered on that date, but it was really the date the deed was supposed to be done. Um, the police mm-hmm. ask Fred, do you have any questions for us? And Fred says, happy fishing. What? It's like he's baiting them. He's having fun with them. He thinks the whole thing is a joke. And he he's like, good luck. See what you can find. You won't find me. I think it's just overdoing it. I think he's just like, I'm going to be over the top casual. I think he, he thinks he's acting. I don't think he did it to be a jerk. I don't think he's doing it in a taunty way. I think he's doing it because he's like, I got to be as light beat as upbeat as possible. Pretend like I'm not a suspect in this. But then on the flip side of that, it makes him look so cold hearted about his wife dying. Yes, it does. So it did not really work. It did. It was not effective in <laughs> any way. Yeah, it was a terrible decision and a terrible choice as an actor. And I'm So now we're starting to think that all three of them are dum-dums. Right. They're all dumb dumps. Yeah. Yeah. So Fred is talking to the police on the phone and he gets a call from El Cubano. He puts them on he puts El Cubano on hold and he tells the police maybe it was the locksmith because Lynn changed the locks on the house. So he starts giving them suspects. Could be. Then he goes back to the phone call with Frank El Cubano. And Frank calls him Bud. How you doing, Bud? How yep. you doing, old man? How you doing? Um, and Fred says, well, you know what? It's been a rotten, rotten time. All of the sympathy and activity surrounding this. Yes. Sympathy when your wife dies is the worst. It's like when you have a cold and your nose won't stop dripping. That's a rotten, rotten time. But also when you get sympathy because your wife was murdered. It's um, the worst, Kimberly. Rotten, rotten times. It's rotten. Yeah, uh, so the police have over 60 calls between Frank and Fred, F and F, but they don't have enough because they're always speaking in code, basically, or just saying bud back and forth to each other. How you buddy, doing, bud? Not buddy. good, bud. Um, so, <laughs> Miss you, bud. <laughs> How you doing, chief? Great, buster. See you later, yeah. sheriff. Uh, So (laughs) the undercover cop with the tattoo gets involved now. The one that's sitting at the restaurant with who possibly owns the restaurant. Unsure. So I would say definitely owns the restaurant (laughs) at this point. He calls Fred and Frank Frick and Frack. That was the best moment of my life. That was great. Reminiscent of the Hee Haw Gang. Yes. From the Carlton plot. (gasps) It is. Yeah. Um, So he calls Fred and poses as. Nick, 
because Fred has never actually spoken to Nick, doesn't know what he sounds like. This so, is very smart. It's contrast to them being so dumb. I love this um, possible restaurant owner ex-detective with the tattoos. He's clever. Yes. So he goes to the prison and uses one of their phones so that when he calls in, it'll say, you are calling from this prison system. Will you accept the call? And the first time Fred doesn't accept the call, but the second time he does. And he says, I'm Sorry, the, guy- the second time, five minutes later. So he doesn't do it the first time. If I had five minutes to think about it, doesn't say <laughs> dumb. Dumb. So he's, uh, the detective says, I'm the guy who did that work at your house for you. Yeah. Like I cleaned up your gutters and Uh I killed your wife also. Mm -hmm. Um, He says, I need the rest of my money. And Fred says, well, you need to talk to your guy. But he doesn't say Frank El Cubano's name. So he's still not giving them enough. So they set up a trap to go after El Cubano, since they're not getting anywhere with Fred. So they want him to think that he's about to be fingered. Nope, stop it. They said it. I I get to say it because they said it. But you don't get to relish in it, and you're relishing a little bit. You're ketchup and relishing in it, and I don't like it. Um, Wait, I have a question. Why isn't that enough, the phone call, and that he is saying you need to talk to your guy? To me, that sounds like admittance, that he's admitting that there's another guy. But he could just be implying, like, you need to talk to your lawyer or your parents or somebody. He could, I feel like he could get his way around that. So the undercover cop calls Frank now and pretends to be Nick's Uncle John. Yeah. He tells Frank Nick needs money for a lawyer. And Frank doesn't take the bait. He says, well, I barely know Nick. Um, I don't have any money to give to him. He's just Mm -hmm. an acquaintance of mine. So then Uncle John says, well, Nick said to tell you and for you to tell Fred that if he doesn't get the money, he's going to talk to the cops. And then Frank goes, well, let me see if I can help you, partner. Yes, it's so weird. Chief flips as the second and he calls him partner, mm-hmm. Chief Cowboy. Hang on, Chief. Let me see if I can help you out with that. Ooh, Frank <laughs> loves the pet names. Yeah. So. Frank El Cubano says he'll give Nick some money. He just wants to meet with Uncle John at the Thousand Oaks Mall, which is so far away from where they are. And it just is L.A. traffic is the worst. I just I can't that drive to Thousand Oaks is a nightmare, especially from the Long Beach area. So yeah, it's 405 all the way. You're dying. Yeah. yeah. We sound like the Californians on that SNL skit. So Frank says the mall where we I want to meet you is off of Lynn Road. Doesn't seem to realize how disgusting this whole thing is. Because he's dumb. He's dumb. Dumb. <gasps> and the detective even goes, Lynn Road? And he's like, yeah, Lynn Road. What? What's what? That name doesn't trigger anything for me. So. He didn't even probably know her name. Yeah, that's maybe true. So Frank shows up in a Lexus SUV. And the undercover cop says, well, I know what you spent your money on, which would have been good, but he doesn't take the bait. He's very sneaky. So Frank gives him $1,000. And he says, I can't give you more because the police are monitoring my accounts. They're monitoring more than that. Yep. The detective goes to 
Frank a few days later, the not the undercover detective, but the regular detective, and says, hey, we uh, heard you gave Uncle John some money for Nick. And Frank says, no, no, I didn't. I, I don't, don't even know Nick. Who's Uncle John? And then the undercover cop walks into the room. Love and it. It's like, Love it. It's like that Dahlia DiPolito sting where she, they bring in the husband after they faked his death. She's like, oh, you're alive? What? So yeah, good. Right. And I hope that when the cop walked in, he was like, hey, partner, remember me? Or oh, some you know he was. Cool yeah. catchphrase like from an action movie. He probably did, hey, bud. Yeah. Well, like, he was called partner. Said, oh, he was partner. Okay. Yeah, yeah he right. was partner. Um, he was not old man. Old man's usually referred to for um, reserved for Fred. He okay. has specific pet names, it seems like, for spe- specific people. Specific ages. Ages oh, and yes. gender. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I'm sure that women have their own names. Yeah, that's true. Gal, yeah. lady, dame, dame. Sweetie. And then ma'am for anyone over 55. Right. Yeah. How rude. Frank realizes now that he's officially effed and that he needs help. You know what he needs? Better help. Oh, yeah. More than anyone. (laughs) Right. If you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed because you've fallen for the old Uncle John ruse, the oldest trick in the book, you might want to use your one phone call from jail to call BetterHelp. Mm-hmm. BetterHelp offers counseling with a licensed therapist within the privacy and safe space of your own home or maybe prison cell. Unsure. I cannot vouch for that. Okay. You can confidentially text, chat, phone, or video with a counselor. BetterHelp has counselors that are specialized in anxiety, depression, sleeping problems. You compulsively call men pet names like Buddy, Buster, Pal, Champ, Big Guy, Sport, Captain, Scooter, Ace, Slick, Boss, etc. BetterHelp's therapists can help you deal with those issues. And if you don't like your counselor for any reason, you can switch at no additional charge, which is great because you've spent all your money on luxury cars or couches from the couch potato. BetterHelp is very affordable and our listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code DATELINE. So go to betterhelp.com forward slash DATELINE. You fill out the questionnaire. They pair you with a counselor. It's super easy. You go to betterhelp.com forward slash DATELINE. Seriously, There should not be any more stigma about having anxiety or depression or mental health issues. We can all use some better help. Help yourself. Treat your better self. Help. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Word salad. It did. It sounded like a robot when words come in. Treat your better self. Better self. That's what it sounded like. Like you were powering down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the words kept getting jumbled. <sighs> Thank you, BetterHelp. Thank you, BetterHelp. So Charlie, the son, he's still... Sus- I know, we love... Charlie is precious, precious angel. He's the MVP. I'm going to spoil it. Yeah. So Charlie still has some suspicions about his father. Even as a teenager, he's like, did my dad kill my mom? And even though the police have specifically told him, it is not your dad. One thing that was weird to him was the day that they were allowed back in the house, Manfred had Charlie go through the murder scene basically and clean up all the jewelry 
and the drawers and stuff. Like, who would... That's, that's a, You're a monster. I'm sorry. That's awful. That's so cruel. Your 14-year-old son, you're going to make him clean up... His mom's jewelry that, like, she was murdered for? That's just sick. But Charlie says his dad was... He knew his dad in a way other people didn't. He knew how cruel his dad could be. His dad was abusive. He would want to beat him. And then Lynn would intervene and he would beat her instead. And Charlie had thought that this was normal until he had friends over to the house and they started to notice things. And he was like, oh, that's not the way. That's not the way things are. Okay, not acceptable. Yeah. One night when Charlie was 12, his mom confided in him that she was thinking of leaving Fred and she was nervous. Hmm. It's really sad. I don't know. She was probably just really scared and confused. And he was the only one who knew what Fred was really like. I think on that point, you're on the same team. Yeah. This is a teammate situation and they're in it together. And she's probably confiding in him in a way that I think she knows that Charlie will be very happy with that decision. Yeah. I'm assuming Charlie is the only one that knows what's really happening because the brother clearly didn't know. Her yeah. brother didn't know. Yeah. So. So Fred controlled all their money. Fred had apparently was worth six to seven million and he did not want to give her any of it. He didn't want to split that money if they were getting divorced. She finally gets a lawyer. She tells the lawyer about the abuse and the lawyer wants her to move out of the house. But Lynn didn't want to disrupt Charlie's life since he had just started high school. So she stayed there in the house and she wouldn't get a restraining order because she said it wouldn't matter. She said if he was going to kill her, he was going to do it. Oh, my God. That seems I hope they had that lawyer testify, too, that like she was told that by Lynn, you know? Oh, I hope so, too. Yeah. Um, so the police, without telling him why, asked the uncle, Mark, to invite Charlie to stay with him for the summer. Very smart, but I don't know how they were able to do that in a way that did not sound really suspicious because they still wanted him to think that the dad didn't have anything to do with it. Oh, I think pretty easily. I think that... Wait, who suggested it? The police. The detective. I mean, I'm sure he was having a conversation with Mark, like updating him on the case, and then was like... Charlie's probably having a rough time when it maybe it'd be a great idea for him to come to get him out of town. Yeah. Get him out of that house. Yeah. I'm sure it didn't take a lot of convincing that the brother seemed more than willing and very nice. Yes. So then brother's the other MVP for sure. So the Frank admits to the police that he had borrowed a ton of money from Fred and he had used five grand to hire Nick to kill Lynn. Um, So he agrees to help them catch Fred. He says, I'll I'll tape him and try to get him to admit what he did. Uh, But he didn't get anything in return from the police. He didn't get a deal or a plea or anything. He is a dumb, dumb head. And Keith is flabbergasted by this. Keith's eyes are going side to side like one of those cat clocks. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. awesome. So <laughs> Frank is so delusional, El Cubano. He's yeah. so he so thinks that he is going to get off for this, even though he's made no deal with the police, um, that he tells his wife, I'll see you at home later. 
Come on, and man. The undercover tattoo cop is like, what? You're not. Are you touched in the head? You're not going home. Yeah. What? This and, is it for you, bud. Yeah. And he, Frank even says, well, I didn't kill her. Like, it wasn't me personally. Like, well, no, duh, but, you, oh, man. You outsourced it. Does that make it okay? So El Cavano calls Fred to set up a meeting. And he leaves a message, and Lynn's voice is still on the machine, which is either very sad or diabolical. I don't know which one. Yeah, that's true. Frank calls Fred, bud, three times. Takes th- It takes three buds in order to set up a meeting at a Chinese restaurant where he will be secretly filming Fred. Three buds make a right. Yes. So Fred was late. Um, It's 7.33, Keith says. And then it's 7.35. And I was like, Keith is going to read all the numbers. We get the full breakdown of numbers. Yeah. Yeah. But then he shows up. And the cop with the tattoos said that both of them look like they were rode hard and put away wet, which is the expression I always have so much trouble with. Which is also kind of what the cop looks like. So it's sort of funny. The cop looks very aged. Like he just looks like he's seen some stuff. And I would not be surprised if he'd done undercover work that was difficult. I thought he looked great. He's rugged. He's rugged. But I thought he was rugged in a good way. So how about he's road hard, put away dry? Perfect. Like he's he's had a hard set of stuff, but he's lived through it. But you see like the lines of what he's done. But But he wears it well. He wears it well. Very good. All right. Um, Then he says that they were like trapped rats on a burning ship. Oh, God. He is a wordsmith. And then Keith jumps across the table of the nice restaurant with the linen tablecloth and he slaps him across the face and he says, you son of a bee, I'm Keith Mother Effing Morrison and I'll wax poetic around here, Buster, bud. So then they're so they're at this dinner at the Chinese restaurant and Frank asks, are you wired? Sorry, Fred asks, are you wired? And El Cubano says no. And Frank, Fred, I'm sorry, it's really hard. Um, Why did you call him Manfred? Yeah, Manfred. Manfred says, are you wired? And El Cubano says, no. And Manfred says, very possible. Like, then get up and leave, leave, man, Fred. Oh, idiot. If you have to ask, there's a problem there. Right. So, no, just leave. If you're suspicious, don't have the conversation. Yes. So, but then El Cubano calls him old man. And I think that calmed him down because he's like, oh, we, he's he's my bud. I'm his that's, old man. That's we're, all it took? We're cool, yeah. I think. Okay. So he, Frank El Cubano is going about this in a really weird way. Yeah. He's comes in so hot. Yeah. He's like almost screaming at him, at yeah. Manfred in the restaurant. And he's saying things like, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Lynn. Which is like, what? We wouldn't be here if Lynn hadn't gotten herself murdered by you guys and you wouldn't be in trouble for murdering her? What are you talking about? And then and then Manfred says, well, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Nick. And then finally Fred says, we, if, he says, we wouldn't be here if sloppy Nick had messed up, if he hadn't effed up. And then, and then Frank says, well, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. There and we I go. Was like, there if we go. One more person says this. I'm going to lose it. Is this the cool new way of talking that I'm not hip to? Like, Katie, we would not be here recording this podcast if it wasn't for you. 
We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our parents deciding to make a baby and asking the stork to come. And we wouldn't be here if Dateline didn't produce such a compelling television program. It's like so accusatory. Yeah, it's a lot. And they use that phrase so many times. I don't, I, he can't think of anything else. They needed to script him a little bit. I don't think they realized what a dummy he is. So they sent him in there blind and he needed like guidelines of here's what to say to draw information out of people. He needed to watch one of those little videos, like an educational video, with uh-huh. like a cartoon that's like, uh-huh. hi, I'm Joey Sheriff. <laughs> and like, he this comes is what out, to do if you're in a sting operation. And he's like a little sheriff badge and he talks. Yeah, that's what we need. And he would say, remember, you can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. That's it. You won't know what that means because you're dumb and watching this cartoon. But that means be nice and don't yell at the person. Be nice. And then a bee comes across, waggles his finger. So Frank says, El Cabano says, Nick is taking the fall for for you, basically. And Fred says, part of the risk. Like, that's how callous... Dude, Nick got $5,000. Actually, scratch that. He only got $2,500. He didn't even get the rest of it. And that's part of the risk that he took. That's what he was signing up for, to go to jail for all of you guys. I don't think that was part of the risk. He knew the... You think Nick understood the risks going in? Nick is an idiot. Um, So the the cop says that it's like watching an old married couple bickering back and forth with each other. And it pretty much is. Also, I wonder what the expressions of the other people at the restaurant are watching these two men. They're hate whispering. They're like, so I think they can't really hear them. Also, there seem to be walls. I wouldn't be eating this wonton soup if it wasn't for you. Yeah, that was a weird thing. They did order because they were eating. Oh, my God. Frank keeps shoving the food in his face. Yeah. And it made me so grossed out. Like, as he's discussing the murder and he's chewing, didn't even lose his appetite to discuss all this. So Frank says, I didn't kill Lynn. And Fred says, you arranged. Now that to me was like, that's enough. Wouldn't that be enough of a confession? He says, you arranged. That means he totally knew everything. But Frank keeps pushing. He's screaming at him or he says, you need to give me cash. Nick needs to be shut up. He's going to tell on us. And Fred says, I don't have the cash to shut up, Nick, because you have all my cash. Okay, that seems like enough. That's a good one. So finally, Fred storms off and the cops think they have enough to arrest him. But they decide to let him go home just to see what he'll do. Just weird. Well, to see if there's anyone else, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Did he make any more phone calls? At least Charlie is not at the house, so that's okay. Yes. Um, meanwhile, poor Frank is still sitting at the restaurant. Like, am I stuck with the tab? <laughs> you know he's stuck with the tab because Fred never pays. So the waiter comes by and starts to talk about how much he misses Lynn because they used to come in all the time and how nice she was and how funny she was. And he's saying this to Frank and it is awkward. It's the worst. <laughs> Frank, it's the worst. He can't even get a sentence out. He's like, yeah, um, it's, there's no, what, that nothing anyone can say to, it's what, and he literally. He can't like, get it out. It's yeah. like he has had no conscience this entire time. Yeah. Until this nice Chinese restaurant waiter 
has said something about Lynn, and now he finally feels it. Um, so Frank is arrested that night at the Chinese restaurant. I feel, still think he thought he was going to go home, and he probably was going to bring takeout to his wife and yeah. some fortune cookies. Do you cookies. want anything? Yeah. Do you want Kung Pao? Yeah. yeah. And um, he would have, I think he would have eaten as much as Fred did if he had known he was going to get arrested, because that's basically like your last meal. They don't serve Chinese food in prison, so... He was just pushing the food around on his plate. So Frank goes home and the cops are watching him. They just de- they decide they you're not getting anything else. So they go over at 9 a.m. the next morning while he's still in his PJs and they arrest him. Now, the worst part about getting arrested and going to prison is that you have to wear your glasses because they don't oh. deliver Hubble to prison. Pretty sure. Do you have facts on that? No, I don't. Okay. Regardless, Hubble is awesome. Your contacts should be comfortable. They should be good for your eyes and they should be affordable. That's where Hubble comes in. You can get high quality lenses at a more affordable price. You can start off by getting two weeks of lenses for just $1. Yes. It's a monthly subscription, so you don't have to think about it or stress. It's super easy to modify or cancel your subscription at any time. The ordering process was really, really easy. I thought their website was great to use. So user-friendly. So user-friendly. The contacts came really, really fast. Like, I was shocked when I got them in the mail. They are super comfortable. I'm already hooked on them, and I just started using them, and I'm really pumped to keep using them. I usually opt for my glasses because I didn't feel like I could afford to use contacts all the time, but... Hubble sells them directly to you, and so it's a lot more affordable. It's a fraction of the cost of other companies. And because you can afford a fresh pair every day, which is what's healthiest for your eyes, you don't have to reuse your daily lenses or leave them in longer than you should Mm -hmm. because you're trying to save money. And I'm talking to you, Mom, and I'm talking to some of our listeners. Are you talking to me? I'm sorry. Katie, it's bad for your eyes. I know it. I know, I know, I know. So if you want daily contacts at a price you can afford, visit HubbleContacts.com. You'll get two weeks of daily lenses shipped straight to your door for just a dollar, which I'm still in shock. That's 30 contacts for just one dollar at HubbleContacts.com. And there's no code for us. So what you do after you place your order, there's a post-checkout survey. They'll say, how did you hear about Hubble? And you'll click podcast and then you'll click a date with Dateline. And then you will tweet us and thank us because Hubble's really awesome. They're amazing. Check them out, guys. Yay, Hubble. And actually, we have another offer for you. Ooh. I know. If you're sick of crazy workout programs and diets that don't work or aren't sustainable, it's time to check out the Gabriel Method. What's that? This scientifically proven secret to permanent weight loss is to reprogram your body to want to be thin and fit. So when your body wants to be thin, you have fewer cravings, like a craving that I have right now for a certain food item that I just cannot stop thinking about, but I'm not going to get it, but I want to, but I'm not going, the fight is real, but it's making me a stronger person. There you go. When your body wants you to be thin, though, you naturally eat less food and you feel more satisfied. Oh. There's a scientific method to reprogramming your body to want to be thin. John Gabriel used this method back in 2004 to lose over, wait for it, 200 pounds. Oh. Yeah. And keep it off. 
Since then, John has helped tens of thousands of people to get down to their ideal weight and stay that way. So if you're ready to lose the weight once and for all without restrictive dieting, I highly recommend checking out John's proven program, the 12-week total transformation experience. In just 12 weeks, you can completely reprogram your body to want to be thin. So check it out now at totaltransformationclass.com forward slash date. That's totaltransformationclass.com forward slash date. Check it out, guys. Yeah, Gabriel Method. All right. So the police go through Fred's house after they arrest him, and in a trash can, they find these notes because apparently at the Chinese restaurant, he had brought a notepad for some odd Katie-like reason. All and right. was All right. writing down words randomly during the conversation with Frank. Um, no, he wasn't. He was writing down things that he didn't want to say out loud because he thought he was wired. So the first note that he gives him is, are you wired? He didn't want to speak. The note they find in the trash says, sloppy Nick, which I know he said out loud. So I do not know why he wrote that down. It's like he is trying to be like, I'm going to reference this for later, but then he never does. And he throws it away in the trash. And it's also like so funny to me because Sloppy Nick is like a nickname that Trump would come up with somebody like low energy Jeb, lying Ted, little Marco, Sloppy, Sloppy Nick. Nick. Yeah, it's totally true. Good point. So that cracked me up that he brought that notepad. If you're right, though, that he was passing that like that's smart. I I agree that that's- they said that. No, they said that that's what he was doing at first as he brought the notepad in and did it. But he should have stuck to it. The problem is he didn't stick to it. He broke his own rule, which is I'm not saying a word during this meeting and then promptly he, broke it immediately. Well, you know why, Katie? He's shoving his face. So how he can't write at the same time, but he can talk with his mouth full because yeah, he's gross. Beef with broccoli. And yeah. no. So that's yep. why he stopped writing things down. He's like, F it. I need to eat this egg roll. I am just going to say sloppy Nick out loud. But I'm also going to doodle it later for no apparent reason. Just because. Just and then I'm going to take it home with me and not throw it away in a dumpster behind Taco Bell. I'm going to throw it away in my trash can because exactly. it's fine. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Sure. So Charlie is um, at his uncle's house when he finds out that his dad's been arrested and he's very happy. And Keith basically says to him, how messed up is your life that you are happy that your dad is arrested? Um, and Charlie's like, yeah, pretty messed up. Kind of. Uh, so the three guys go on trial and the report, the, another reporter now is talking to Keith and she says that Nick looked great. He looked like he had come to terms with it. He understood what his fate was good for him. He's maybe off the steroids. We hope, um, the other two guys looked rough. Yeah. Um, but then again, the tattooed cop thinks everyone looks rough, rode hard yeah. and put away wet. So yeah. The reporter says that Nick demonstrated in court that he is more brawn than brain. She there says we go. he's not the brightest bulb on the marquee. And Keith and I like is that. delighted. Keith yes. laughs. Mark hoax hosts laughs on your bingo cards. Yep. Um, he loves it. He's uh -huh. like, that's a turn of phrase I will be stealing. Yes. So um Nick takes the stand in his own defense. Sure. Of course. And Heat says that he always aspired to be a hitman. Um, I thought you wanted to be a cop, buddy. 
No, Hitman, Kimberly. Hitman. You know who he idolized growing up? The Hulk. Well, that's just, that makes no dang sense. Now, I watched, I've seen every episode of King of Queens, and Lou Ferrigno is on that show. And he Mm -hmm. seems like a great guy. So if you want to idolize him, that's fine. The Hulk, the character, I don't really know much about the Hulk. I don't really know if it was a TV show or a movie or if Hulk was a bad guy or if he was a nice guy and he just became a bad guy when he ripped his shirt off and turned green. Or was um, he still a nice guy, but he was just um, stronger when he was green? No, I think he turns mean when he's green. Green is mean. Green is mean. Okay. I think. I don't know. It's a weird thing to um, idolize, but what? whatever. It's um, weird. He also said he had taken steroids because his whole, his basically his whole goal in life, besides being a hitman, was to be as big as humanly possible, which is why he loved the Hulk. Oh, God. Nick is found guilty in yeah. 35 minutes, which has to be a record. That's, Nick is an idiot. That's not even how long a Saturday night one hour repeat of Dateline is. Like 35 minutes. That's an episode of Golden Girls. And then the credits of the next episode of Golden Girls. That's crazy. Um, He's that bad. He was really bad. That was a terrible, terrible idea to take the stand and to say everything he said. All of it's bad. Yeah. And he did admit it. So they do have basically a confession. So and he was caught red handed, literally with like a knife with red on it. So it's. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. So, so why did he even go to trial? Why didn't he just take a deal? Why didn't he just, like, say, did he plead not guilty? What did he plead? I don't know. Oh, my God. This is so bad. Okay. <laughs> he pleads not guilty, but then admits on the stand that he always wanted to be a hitman. So that makes, that is a Nick thing to do. God that would, almighty. That would be so Nick of him. So, so Nick. Uh, he, so Frank um, takes the stand. Frank El Cubano. Why are they yeah. all taking the stand? No idea. Because that's what these guys They're do. They're smart, Kimberly. That's why. Because smart people take the stand. Yeah. Get real. So he says, I did it because Fred was threatening my family. So basically, I am a hero and I sacrificed my life by going to jail for my family. Why was he threatening his family? Because he owed him money? Right. And saying, maybe if you don't kill Lynn, I will kill hurt you unclear didn't happen okay. um but the fact that he's saying he sacrificed his life for his family when lynn is the one who actually lost her life is not he doesn't get the irony in that and he did not see the irony of the mall being on lynn road so he's not smart yeah but so, he is the messiah he did yeah. sacrifice <laughs> his one and only son okay so fred uh takes the stand mm-hmm. he looks terrible he looks like yeah, a, he, a Drunk Al Pacino. He is like... He's aged like 25 years. I don't know what happened. He looks like a deflated balloon. Uh-huh. So he says, it was all just a misunderstanding. All I did was buy a BMW. That's all I wanted to do. And the reason he called Frank so many times, remember they had like 60 phone calls? Those were all pocket dials. Hey, if your phone is making that many pocket tiles, you need to go to Verizon and check it. There's something wrong with your phone. You need a flip phone, man. Yeah. Um, You need something that closes. Did you meet Frank at the Chinese restaurant because it was a pocket visit? Like your butt accidentally took you to the restaurant? Yes, yes. Um, Siri's out of control. 
Yeah. <laughs> so bad. Charlie is in the court watching this, facing his dad. And oh, he's God. now 17, but he looks like he's about to go into his first year at Hogwarts and he's about to be sorted by the sorting hat. It's so uh, precious. They um, find Fred guilty and Charlie is crying. He has braces. He is so it's just it's too much. And he is allowed to speak against his dad. And he says, um, you're no longer my dad. Like, I'm no longer your son. I felt really bad at that part when they were t- when he was talking about it, when he was saying, like, I didn't really say I was upset and I didn't get to say what I wanted to say. It seemed like a big regret for him. And I felt really bad. Yeah. I was well, like, I'm glad we don't see video of it because it seemed like something that he was like, he wish he had said more. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. He knows that you hate him. Write him a letter. Yeah. Write him a He loves letters. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he has gotten one that said he was a douchebag. He can get another one that says he's a douchebag. So Keith says um, that Keith, when Keith is talking to him about speaking up against his dad, he says nervous making, which is adorable. And yeah. also... This is something only a psycho Dateline fan like me would know is that um, a little girl in the episode while they were sleeping said that it was nervous making when she had to speak in court. She was like 10 and Keith thought that was so I think he really like liked that phrase. So he took it. He took it. Um, That's OK. No, it's fine. I thought it was very nice. I think it was an homage. Oh, um, maybe so. So Fred files a claim yeah. Once he's in prison against the city of Long Beach. You know why? Because they didn't prevent the murder of his wife that he arranged. Correct, Kimberly. It's their fault that they did not prevent him from killing his wife. You right. guys should have stopped me, but you did I'm a maniac. I needed you to stop me. Yes. Yeah. They didn't do their jobs. Yes. To and protect him from himself. Yes. Thankfully, the judge dismisses that and thinks it's terrible. Um, But Fred, in this time in court, now looks like Santa Claus with a substance abuse problem. Oh, God. He looks rougher and rougher each time we see him. Yeah, he really does. Thankfully, all three of the guys get life without parole. So wait, so Cubano got literally nothing for doing this sting. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, From prison... Fred decides to be a a a-hole one more time, and he fights Charlie from getting the money, his share of the money. Um, So that's great. Um, Charlie ends up- Yeah. What also, what's he going to do with money? He's in prison. He's going to spend it on ramen? Like- Yes, Kimberly. He's going to spend it on ramen. And honey buns. Um, (laughs) That's what they eat on uh, 60 Days In. Uh, So- I forgot about honey buns. (laughs) Um, so Charlie ends up getting some of the money, but Fred gets like several million and that's great. Good for that him. That seems so wrong. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Dateline has reached out to all three men by letter because everyone's writing letters in this episode. Yeah. And Fred writes back and says he was only convicted on circumstantial evidence and it was all a big mistake. Okay. Yeah, sure. Nick decides to talk to Keith by phone. Keith is on his iPhone with a little headphone jack plugged in with the one ear. Very cute. Very cute. This is the real kicker of the episode. This is kind of my OMG moment. Okay. Nick has become so dumb-dumbed, or maybe he is on, um, maybe like when you're stopped taking steroids, 
maybe you have withdrawal and you go wacky because he has been sitting in prison coming up with a conspiracy theory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is that the police were involved ah. and they intentionally sent Lynn back inside the house. And the reason he thinks this is because he doesn't believe in coincidence. Okay, a couple you know, things here. Yeah. Okay, couple couple first thing. First I thing is I don't want to point out the obvious, but is that what I sound like when I say I don't believe in coincidence? What do you want me to say right now? Like I, give me a you I want, want me to, I want you, you to want be, me to be kind? Yeah. Or I do. You nothing like that. Okay, thanks. So second thing, yes. what was the coincidence? Um does he know what that word means? That the police were there at the same time that... He- That's not a coincidence. The neighbor called. So my question is... He how, is wh- the reason why, they were there because he did, was seen. How did he not know that the police were there? Because I guarantee you they did that police knock at the door or rang the doorbell or both. He didn't hear that. He was like, I'm going to continue on with whatever this is. I don't know who's at the door. Must be a Jehovah's Witness. Let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't you stop? He's roid raged out. Boy, he's dumb. No, he's a dummy. That's dumb. But the best wow. part I did not mention is when he does ask, when he's being interrogated and he asks the cops, hey, how were how how were you guys there so fast? Like he's very impressed. But also he, he thinks he thinks that um that El Cubano set him up, that they were there so fast because it was all a setup. For some reason, why would El Cubano want to set up Nick? For no reason. Makes no sense. And then they tell him, well, a neighbor saw you and called. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. Cool, cool. So it's just me. Um, El Cubano and I are good then. That means we can still be pros. He doesn't seem that upset this whole time that all of this has happened, by the way. He's kind of just like, all right. All right, weirdo. Then he says to Keith on the phone that he does feel very badly about Charlie, that he's taken so much from Charlie. That Good for Nick. I'm glad you realized that. Now, Lynn's sister, um, I'm sorry, Lynn's brother, Charlie's uncle, Mark, and his wife are raising Charlie, which is wonderful. They never had kids of their own. This is like a whole lot of precious moments right in a row. It is. It is like precious moments in all caps for like the last three minutes of this. And it just doesn't. It's unrelenting precious moments. Yes, it is. So he says that the greatest gift he ever received was from the man he hated more than anything, which was getting to raise Charlie as his son. And oh Keith looks, Keith full on has tears in his eyes. Yeah. Um, and he's, 100%. Mark says that raising Charlie is like getting a second life, a reason to live and to get up in the morning. Uh, so it's sad. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. Unbelievably sweet. And like. And there's lots of B-roll of Charlie spending time with them. And he calls them mom and dad, I think. And like he's he's taken their last name. Good. Because he disowned his father. Um, and Charlie is doing great. Oh, he, my gosh. He got his master's degree and he has his dream job in theme park design. I love which it. Which is the coolest job ever. It's the coolest job. I always wonder, like, because I think that's like a pretty hefty engineering degree. He's a smart kid. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Good wow. for him. Oh, love him. Yeah. Um, so before we get to our uh, segments, this episode is dedicated to Elspeth from Australia. Elspeth. Elspeth. I love that name. And Amy from New Zealand. Amy. International Down Under Patreon shout out. Is New Zealand considered down under? 
Not sure. Okay. Apologies, Amy, if it's not. We're, we're dum-dums too. Yeah. Which ones are Kiwis? Is that a derogatory term? No, I don't think so. Is it? No, I don't think so. We'll check just in case, but I think that's, <laughs> that's Australian, I believe. I think that might be New that's Zealand. A, oh, I think Gosh, you're right. Gosh, we are dumb. Kiwi is New Zealand and Aussie is Australian? Maybe. Oh, well, any, regardless. In gar- yeah. Regardless, Elspeth and Amy, what yep. do you think of Katie's bidet idea? Oh, the bidet mate. Yeah. Do, yeah. It, do it better with an accent. Bidet mate. That sounds cockney, but you get the point. Yeah. yeah I'm what, not great at an Australian accent. What Apologies. do you ladies think of it? Let us know. Out of 10, is it a 10? Do you want to become investors, maybe? Yes. Um, but regardless, we thank you. We love you. Um, we love all our Patreons. They are the reason that we keep doing these episodes for free for everyone to enjoy every week. And so it literally keeps the show going. So thank you, Elspeth. Thank you, Amy. Huge hugs. Whatever the appropriate like way of hugging is like now, it fist bump elbows. Virtual hugging. Virtual hugging and whatever you would say to a friend in Australia and New Zealand. Like, Good day, mate. Okay, that's what that's the new greeting. Yeah. Okay. Good day, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so B roll bonanza. Yes, ma'am. My Bixby first Bixby Knowles. <laughs> Bixby Knowles. Uh, Miss Bixby Knowles walking down the street. Have you been there? No. Nay. I have been there. You I have? have spent some time in Long Beach. Yes, I have been to Big Spinals. What? It's a very lovely neighborhood. It's very pretty. I had a friend that lived there. Wow, I did I not had know a that. Yes, I did not know. I'm they shocked. They have since moved, but yeah, I have been. I knew Big Spinals. Had you ever heard of it? No. Oh, okay. I hadn't but, heard of Big Spinals. I hadn't heard of Frank, um, Horiat, Hor, whatever. El Cubano. El Cubano. Um. Well, and who I, had? And well, Keith. Keith had not, or he did. Never. He said it. Like, yeah, that's true. Okay. Frank well, who Mario? Whatever. Have you heard of El Torito? Yes, I love El Torito. Does this make you want to go get takeout from El Torito? One thousand percent. Yes. So much. I love El Torito. I had not heard of Port Why Nami. No, it's by Ventura, so it's on the way to Santa Barbara. I don't. I'm not surprised. I didn't know it. But I like it over there, too. It's pretty over there. These are all pretty places in L.A., not ugly yeah. places. Yeah. Um, I did notice that they someone had um, recycling bins outside their house in one of the B-rolls. I think hmm. it was um, Lynn's when they caught him. And um, they were bright purple, which I just thought was amazing. They were it. Well, I was like, what? Who gets What's purple, purple recycling bin bins? For? I think just regular recycling, it said. What? I know. Oh, well, now I'm confused. Okay. I was really jealous. That must be special recycling. That must be like cardboard only or something like that. I don't know. It's so pretty. I liked that. Um, There's a picture of Nick with a birthday cake, and he was less jacked at that point. And I felt like um, the cake maybe was made of protein powder because this is like the start of his jacking up phase, I think. I think maybe he did not want that picture to be released and is a little right, bit because he was a lot smaller bit irritated. Then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, any more B roll? Let me see really quick. Um, probably, but we're running long as always. So I more had a question. Um, did you think when the girl came on, we meet Charlie before we meet Miss Bixby Knowles? What's her name? Amber? Karen? Julie? Rachel. 
before we meet Rachel, we meet Charlie. Did you think that she was going to end up being the high school girlfriend? Because I did. I no, like, I, thought oh. she, I thought she was the daughter because they make it sound like she's the star of the show. And then they're like, Rachel had grown up her whole life in Bixby Knowles. And I was like, oh, this is the lead person that we are going to talk about. No, she didn't even know the family. Is she somebody's friend? Whose friend <sighs> is she? Is she a friend of Morrison's? The, the Morrison family friend? Maybe. Okay, I don't I don't know. It was just sh- sort of shocking that and then she comes on again at the end and I'm like, "Oh, she later marries Charlie." She no, maybe knows Matthew Perry. With it. Okay. Maybe friends with Matthew Perry. Yeah, she was beautiful. I mean, it was just confusing cuz I kept waiting for her. We had a lot of reporters and stuff in this episode. Lots mm-hmm. of extra people. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't hers know. was the most extraneous. And hers right was word? also the most yeah, definitely. And the most noticeable because of how glamorous she was. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, okay. Also, a couple people on Twitter commented that she was walking down the street in full on like winter apparel, even though this is Southern California. And it's like, that's what we do here. We like to she, pretend that it's cold. It's she not had cold. On, stop. She had cute boots and a white coat, like a little short white coat, not a white. If she had been wearing like a coat to her knees, I'd be like, it's not that cold. But if she was wearing a short, it's, she's fine. It was cute. I wear winter stuff and it's not winter because I love it. But. I'm also a moron, so don't listen to me. What uh, else do you have? Quotes. I I think you got all mine. I had like three written down, and you hit all of them. Keith said one thing stood out, like, well, a bloody knife. Yeah, that was it's funny. like a it's like a two meaning. Like it stood out, like I mean this bloody knife, but also it stood out like a bloody knife. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a two for. So um, then. The oh, po- here it was. Wait a minute. When they're talking about the jewelry, taser, cell phone, knife with blood on it. And then before we go to commercial, Keith says a riddle, a deception, a piece of pure evil. Did you hit that one? No, I didn't. OK. Uh-uh. What's the riddle? Mm, I'm sure. OK. That's fine. Doesn't matter. Uh, the detective says Frank was trying to dig himself out of a hole. And Keith says, or perhaps Frank didn't understand how deep the hole was. That was good. That's yeah, excellent. Well done. Um, do, I, we don't have time, but I would love to play Mary Murder Affair, Fred, Frank, and Nick. No, I would not. <laughs> none. Absolutely I think it's none. pretty easy. R- listeners at home, let us know. Mary Murder Affair. Sorry, it's Oliver's game. He came up with it. Mary Murder Affair, Fred, Frank, Nick. Which is also not a game that I'm surprised he came up with. He and I have never played that game. Hmm. We we don't like sit around watching a show and be like, okay, like that's not yeah. a thing we do. Hmm. He likes to have ideas. I like him, but he's not part of marketing. <laughs> he's not invested in the company yet. <laughs> he refuses to give me money for it. And I don't see why. I feel like it's a valiant effort. The day, mate, is going to be the wave of the future. Okay. <laughs> um, we have so much fashion police, basically just all the 80s, 90s. Um, there's a lot of Joni hair. Um, there's like a really like um, fuzzy scarf. You know that like fuzzy? Um, it's almost like a boa, but it's not. It's made of yarn, but that fuzzy like... Do you know what I'm talking about? I didn't see it. I'm not sure what, what scene. Phoebe what? from, it was a B-roll photo. Um, like Phoebe from Friends would probably wear something like that. Like it, it's like the fringe that would be on like a, the edge of a sweater, like on the sleeves, you know? Um, 
Charlie has like a puka shell necklace at one point in one of the pictures because it's Southern California. Um, so delightful. Just I really enjoyed all the fashion. Um, I'd enjoyed this one picture that they kept showing of Manfred when he's in the red polo and the white pants and he's got the weirdest expression on his face. It's like a smirk. It's like they're catching him mid and not like cute mink smirk. Do you know the picture I'm talking uh-huh. about? He's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. his face, and he looks sinister smirking is the picture they got. And I was like, well, how'd they get that shot? That was perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also white pants tucked in. White pants. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, he's just like that arrogant. Yeah, he is. Only Andrea can get away with white pants. Yeah, I didn't want to say it, but you <laughs> said it. So that's right. Correct. Um, titles, I don't have that many, but I have lots of Twitter. So titles, I only have. Um, you're not going to like it. Am I not? Frank, Fred, fingering and fishing. Fingering in broad daylight. No, what's wrong with you? I Why are know. you stuck on it? You're like a record. I don't know. Perch the needle. Okay. How about Keith leans on the truth? Keith lins on the truth. If you say lean like lin. Okay. Or how about Bixby knolls the truth? There you go. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Or how about Charlie cheers up? Because at the end. Oh, okay. So instead of cheer up Charlie. Or how about. What What is cheer up Charlie? I'm just shaking my head at you. What is That's, it? It's a part of the world that you are refusing to understand because you won't watch Willy Wonka. Okay. Cheer up, Charlie. Don't make me frown. It's a huge song. Oh, for goodness sakes. Okay, just watch before they go to the factory. Watch the first 10 minutes of the movie. Nothing happens in that. Okay, so anyways. scary. So then I have Shockner and Dismay because instead of shock and dismay, um, Frickin' Frat Go to Prison. Uh-huh. And um, perhaps the best oh, one. Oh, wait, wait. Frick and Frack and Nick go to prison. Oh, that's right. Frick, Frick Frack, Frack, Nick. No, Nick. Nick, Frick, Frick and Frack. Frack. Nick, oh, I got to figure this out. Maybe that might not work anymore. I'm scrapping that. It's getting crossed out on the list. Okay. <laughs> Last one. Burgles and fries. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's it. That's all I got. Uh, what about burgles and lies? Oh, see, that's great. Teamwork. Mm-hmm. I'm writing yeah. it down. Good okay. job. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why you're writing it down. That's fine. Burgles in life. For next time, in case we okay. want to do it again. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Twitter? I don't have any. You have them. I know. I'm. That's why I'm asking. Is it time for Twitter? I'm messing with you. Yes. It's time for Twitter. <laughs> um. So Kim from People Are Wild was on Twitter. So that means we got oh, some boy. good tweets. That yeah. means we got the goods. Uh, Bixby Knowles sounds like a 1940s PI who has a secret and a mustache. It sounds like a, so many different things. I feel like can somebody make a list of all of the things that Bixby Knowles sounds like. I could add to that list. Okay. Uh, Kim also said, Keith Morrison cannot be bothered to find out who the hell the Dodgers played that night. And that's that on that. Correct. <laughs> Stop um, your questions. Mark basically said, per my last email to Fred. <laughs> um, are we sure that one woman who is just getting interviewed outside isn't Jessica from Love is Blind? Which oh, I haven't I nev- seen Love is Blind yet. I haven't watched Love is Blind, but I've heard so much about Jessica that I just feel like I know her. And that is. Who is she? Is she? Why is she special? I think she's like one of those crazy ones on The Bachelor that oh, steals the whole season. Oh, I can't yeah. wait. Okay, yeah. great. 
Um, she's also said uh, he has Chinese symbols tattooed on his chest, but looks like a skinhead. So I'm confused. And I bet that symbol means pasta and not strength. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he thinks it means strength, too. Oh, I'm going to yeah. get one that says strength because yeah. I'm on roids. Um, this one is dedicated to Katie. Freddie and Frankie being best friends, making a hit. The fun never ends. Will they get caught? Which one will snitch? Freddie and Frankie, sons of a... Oh, wow. (laughs) Who did that for me? Kim. That was really good. Right? Bravo, Kim. I'm impressed. Um, uh, (laughs) Duck and Dodgen said, Fred aged like a banana. Yeah, that's the truth. That is the truth. He is bruised and (laughs) smelly. Uh, Norge Alba said, theme park design, that's a job. And Jeff Modzelewski said, right, my high school counselor owes me an apology. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Um, Brian Shoemaker says, you guys, can someone get Dateline NBC's Keith Morrison a new phone? That's a 30-pin connector. That means it's at best an iPhone 4. (laughs) Who knows that? People were upset. They thought his phone was too old. Now this was in nineteen was in two thousand fifteen, but still, a oh lot boy. of people commented that Keith needed a new phone. But that's not no. It's too old, guys. That's that's about right for the time. Maybe. We don't know. Maybe. Don't know. Um, Emmanuel said, "Well, Poblano, you're roasted. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cubano, but I still like the pun. It's really funny. A lot of people had trouble with Cubano. They thought it was like." Cumpleaños. Cu, cu, oh, cumpleaños. Feliz cumpleaños. Yeah, okay, they, they had lots of trouble with that. Um, Sunny D50. I get that he's a criminal, but his eyes are pretty in that picture. Oh, for goodness sakes. Emmanuel said, Fred's nose. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, we don't know. A lot going know. on. There's yeah. a lot going on there. Um, Emmanuel also said, Nick. Why Nick? How is it possible for someone to be that stupid? I'm going to still reach out, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nick was really cute. Oh, my God, you guys. Stop. And then later, Emmanuel said, so is Charlie paid or what? Because Nick's going to be gone forever and I might as well, you know. No, you got to stay away from precious Charlie. You are a horn dog who was first interested in Nick. And now you want to go after Charlie. Shame. Emmanuel, shame. Emmanuel, no, shame on you, sir. Sir. Um, That's funny, though. Yeah, I know. It's really funny. <laughs> um, Crystal Wolfram said coronavirus is going to put a real crimp in the hidden wire evidence gathering business between social distancing and restaurants being closed. Oh, yeah. Oh, I boy. didn't even but think about that. We're going to have to get real creative. Cops are going to have to get creative. Can they people um, go on Zoom? And start recording each other on Zoom, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Mm, I don't know. Um, Mrs. Choch, I don't know how to pronounce that. Oh. Okay, this killed me. Um, Okay. So on my channel, on like Sling, it said it was a one-hour dateline. And then it said it was a one-hour Saturday Night Live episode instead of a two-hour dateline. I think a lot of people said that. Oh. So this person said, how much of Dateline did everyone watch before they realized it wasn't a really dark SNL cold open? That's really funny. (laughs) I love it. Uh, And then Kristen Wiig came out and you were like, what? 
Okay. Um, so uh, Naya said, you pay for what you get. Pay someone $5,000 for a hit, you get a $5,000 job. <laughs> yeah, that's true. $5,000. You get what you pay for. Um, Alba Norge again said, okay, I can never do this detective stuff. I hate talking on the phone. Yeah, there you go. I agree. I'm more of a text person. Uh, D again said, Frank is making me think a little more about love after lockup. People were into Frank and Nick. Guys, what? raise your standards. Oh, my um, Lord. The end table said, I just looked up the couch potato furniture store. They do custom beanbags. Sure do. Of course they do. <laughs> They're called the couch potato. Do beanbags they do, is the name of the game. Like camo print, maybe? Well, that's like baseline. I think it's more like sequins that they, that do the reversible sequin ones that, yeah. Have you felt those that are flocked? So they'll have the sequins that are like super soft and then you can flip them. Yeah, those are a thing now, too. On beanbag chairs? Pillows, whatever. Yeah, sure. Why not? And if you can go on a pillow, we can cover a beanbag with that. That's their, that should be their slogan. Dana San 88 said, I always wondered what assassins spent their blood money on. I never would have guessed furniture. That was a really odd thing. He just really wanted that futon. He's like, no, I really, I'm desperately, I'm on a mattress on the floor since college. I can't anymore, man. I got to get a bed frame. Uh, Jeff Modzaluski said, only five grand for murder? That dude needs a better agent. <laughs> Suddenly, Susan said, I really wish Keith would hold a press conference. He would make us feel safe. Yo, that's a really good point. Um, Wait, real quick. I do think that, that he was, remember, he wanted to be a hitman. So he thought that was like the starting rate. It was his first hit. So he's like, yeah, then by the end, he'd be asking for 500000 But mm. now he's You got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. He thinks it's like entry level at a, any job. I he's see. He's not smart. I see. Yeah. Uh, Sandy says, uh, I think Keith enjoys saying Bixby Knowles as much as I like hearing him say it. Mm-hmm. Um, Bumblebee, who always has the most random tweets, said, this turkey trying to quit smoking has turkey neighbors. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> what? You know the commercial. Oh, that's right. Trying to quit smoking. Yes, that's funny. Uh, Anne-Marie O'Brien said, unusual number of people in this episode with massive necks. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Dana San 88 said, quite dead is like dead, only with a classy British accent. Dana San also said, my co-op neighbors would never call the cops if they saw a burglar breaking into my house. Not unless he parked in their parking space. Wow. Oh, that's bad neighbors. <laughs> Dubious Reality One said, I hope this is a good one because I just ate a special quarantine brownie and I need something to focus on. <laughs> quarantine brownie? What's that? <laughs> a special quarantine brownie. Oh, okay. Boy, I'm dumb. Excuse me. I got to go live with Nick and the other dum-dums. I'm a dummy. What's that? Uh, um, yeah, that was weird, Katie. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. it didn't click with me. It didn't click. I don't think of brownies in that way. I was like, does that mean it's contaminated? I don't know. <laughs> go ahead. Um, my last one is Thy Chester says, this was a smell, one that sticks in your nose. Dateline, are you okay? <laughs> That's really funny. Aw. I liked I the smell. It. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, what else? Do we have anything else to say? We um, do. Follow yeah, us on um, Twitter. Mm-hmm. 
Instagram. And Instagram and Facebook, but Facebook isn't checked as often. Maybe it'll be checked a little more now. No promises. Right. There we go. Um, oh, last one last thing. Um, a couple things. Pe- a lot of people say crick, um, but we were wrong. It's not in Arkansas. It's in like Washington, Idaho, Ohio, North Carolina. Weird places that we were not but that's expecting. that's far apart from each other. Okay, I yeah, can't Yeah, we didn't understand. That. I can't, I can't um, be having that. Also, I did a Twitter poll and most people did say cooking with gas. You were right, but cooking with grease got 10%, which is not too shabby. Um, so there's that, but I still was wrong. Some people thought it was cooking with Crisco. So I've heard cooking with Crisco. Okay, so different strokes. Um, Stephanie said for a crime scene cleanup, how about murder maids? Okay, there we go. Um, Teresa's husband came up with bada bleach, bada boom. Oh boy, all right. Bada beach, bada blood? Sure. Um, and Jana said she read about one in Playboy because apparently she reads Playboy. Oh. Um, this is a real company that is called Aftermath. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That's a good name. Okay, that was smart. Yeah. And lastly, Jazzy on Twitter created a Spotify playlist called Date a Date with Dateline. And it has all of our episodes with the corresponding Dateline podcast episodes. So that's really, really cool. Uh, so Aww. date a date with Dateline. So you, you can go listen to them and then listen to our episode of it. So that's thank you, Jazzy. That's, that's really cool. Unbelievably sweet. And I'm very touched. And thank um, So thank you, everyone. Consider becoming a member of our Patreon community and follow us online. Subscribe and leave us a review on um, Apple Podcasts. Because what else are you doing really with your time now? I mean. Tell a friend. Tell six see, friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe have a group listening party on Zoom. Just don't tell them in person. Yeah, correct. Correct, <laughs> Mundo. Um, don't watch alone, except actually, yes, you are supposed to be watching it's alone now. 100%. Thank you, yep. Kimberly. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Yaks. Yaks. Yaks are in Africa, right? Do you know anything about animals? I saw the Lion King. Does a mercat live in Africa? Uh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're in Lion King. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Sorry, I just don't know. I don't know if a yak. I feel like you're setting me up. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if a yak lives there or not. I'm honestly gathering all my knowledge from the It's a Small World ride. Oh, you said a yak. I thought you said a meerkat. I did. I said yak first, then meerkat. I'm pretty sure meerkat live in Africa, but yaks, I'm not sure. Because I think a meerkat was in Lion King. Yes. That was the Nathan Lane was the meerkat. Who was the hedgehog? It's not a hedgehog. Definitely not a hedgehog. It's a hog, but it's like a boar. Okay. Hed- Sorry. Hedge- hedgehogs are little. Yeah, hedgehogs with the spiky Yeah, they're little balls. and cute. Yeah. Hedgehogs yeah, like a spiky hamster. Yeah, spiky yeah. guinea pig. Um, don't know. Someone brought in a baby one of those on Dr. Pole or Dr. K or Dr. There's three doctor shows <laughs> on Animal Planet that I really like. Were they cute? And someone brought in a baby hedgehog cute, that right? had a, a tooth injury. They had to go in and take out a couple teeth. That's okay. Like, He'll be yeah, all right. That was really cute. I'm um, sorry. Yeah. And I also thought you were going to say Into the Office, and I got really excited because I thought you had seen it in real life. And then mm, it was no. not. It was on a show. All right. It wasn't.